is cooking. What is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm hyped today. If you didn't feel this energy, you better strap in because you're about to. Uh, these two guests that we have, first of all, this is the first time in Fundamism Podcast history that we've had multiple guests at the same time. Hey, what would I do if I had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd interview two Fundamism guests at the same time, man. Uh, before we get to these two folks, I want to shout out Charlie Hustle. Uh, Charlie Hustle not only um, is our sponsor, but they actually created the platform, the environment, the connection, if you will, for me to meet these two gentlemen that are being featured on the Fundamism Podcast today. So if you don't know about Charlie Hustle, you better get right, you better get educated, go to charliehustle.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are cooking today. We're cooking uh, with some strength, some connections, some marketing prowess. Um, We got of Social Apex Media, wait for it, Sam Kulikov, he's Russian, Ruski, and Mark Josie. What's good, everybody? Great to be here, Paul, as always. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) What's good, Mark? How are you doing, buddy? Got your Josie Records hat on. You doing well? I am absolutely well. Um, I'm looking, I was sorry, I was talking to Josie Records about possible sponsorship as I wear this hat all the time. (laughs) as you should it's a it's personal branding at its finest i guess i don't own a record store though but it is a cool place thanks for having us hey listen um i'll tell you exactly why i'm having you here in a brief moment but before we get too down uh the the beaten path too far down it we got to talk about what is in fact good and what you do for fun, the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle, obviously, fundamentalism. You guys know the deal. You guys are helping me amplify the message. What do you do to pick you up in your darkest days? What do you do to make a good day great? What do you do, Sam Kulikov, for fun? Man, uh, there's a, you know, a lot of the things that I do for fun revolve around just enjoying some of the things that I've come to know and love you know, as I've grown up. So music and, and art and movies and Anything that has to do with pop culture and those types of things really helped me to, to find some of those outlets that really helped me, you know, express some of those emotions that I feel on a roller coaster of the day-to-day basis. So, um, you know, even during the day-to-day when you got to keep a straight face through the nine to five, you got to have those habits um, and those routines that help you break away and, and break the monotony so that you can continue to stay happy throughout every single day. Because for me, it's about having fun all the time and not just taking a break and, and going to have fun. But how do you have fun every moment? You see, Mark, you see what he's doing? He's really playing to the Fundamism podcast crowd. Like he knows, exactly. he knows our niche. He knows what we're about. He's edited all the videos and now he's speaking the language. <laughs> I, I mean, some would call that Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> resourceful uh mark what do you do for fun my friend let's see um try to be the best dad that i can be that's great like uh live vicariously through uh my daughter and um, you know my wife and my family um spending time with them um really like connecting and being present is is that's always fun so if if i can be present if i can be living in the moment if i can be involved with those that i love that's super fun. Um, obviously, uh, you know, some video games, legit, 
And then, uh, you know, even, even recently animal crossing. Now I'm in, I'm wrapped, <laughs> I've been roped in, I'm wrapped in. And, uh, and then I think the other thing that helps me, um, you know, kind of have some fun allows me to have some fun later is being like super organized and a little bit of meditation. And then that will set the stage. Mm. So, so many, uh, wonderful nuggets here, uh, for, for me to indulge in, um, First of all, Animal Crossing, I know it's a big old deal. My buddy, John Stoner, other cat suit guy, he plays religiously like hours and hours a day. Never dabbled myself, but I hear great things. Um, I know you guys are pretty active as social apex in the uh, esports uh, realm. What's, what's the status of Animal Crossing being one of the featured events? Is that, is that something... <laughs> So, I mean, I'm not above streaming my my uh, island, which my daughter is named Hogwarts. So, you know, <laughs> if anybody wants to, if we want to play and visit, I'll I'll talk and we'll see what's going on. <laughs> but you know what? Like, you just have to stream what you're passionate about. And like, there there are times where I could see myself just letting go and playing for hours. I have to put it up. I'm just like, hey, I'm. You know, when I'm starting to think about grabbing the controller right before I go to bed when no one's around, like I'm hooked. I'm in for sure. That's how they get you, man. <laughs> And so that's how you guys got me. You're like, hey, try the social apex out. Here's the controller, bruh. Try it once. See if you like it. Take it for a test spin. And here I am. I can't let go. You know I can't quit, you guys. Uh, so, so, Sam, you and I, so Mark, obviously you're driven by connection. I feel that every time we chat. Uh, we could talk for hours and hours on the phone philosophically about corporate culture and uh, leadership and all that stuff. And I, and I feel your desire for true connection. Sam and I, uh, we have a different relationship in that we work more hands-on regularly together in creating content with one another because you are the primary mm, videographer, the primary editor for Social Apex. So just a level set and hold me accountable, guys. Uh, forgive my ignorance. You guys are co-founders of Social Apex. Is that a true story? Correct. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So Sam, you said you're big into pop culture, uh, music, creativity. And so uh, one thing I appreciate about that, whenever we get in our car, I, my car, we go we go do some, some filming, whatever it may be, music is consistently a, a topic of conversation or we're feeling the rhythm, we're feeling the beat. And I consistently am reminded of how old I am when I reference pop culture things. And you don't know what the hell I'm talking about because you're like 17 years old. Is that, are you, you're 17, right? I'm going on, I'm going on 19, but it's yeah, right. For sure. No, I know you're older than that, but nevertheless, uh, Mark, it does, you and I are the same age, I think. And uh, sometimes it's pretty humbling to be in the presence of somebody so emotionally intelligent at his age, but more importantly, ignorant of the 80s and 90s. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's sometimes it's sad. I, I will tell you, like, when we first, when we first met, I had a running, like a running debrief with some of my family and friends that I would literally say something every day that it's like, they have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it's stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's just like, you guys remember that movie? And they're like, no, nope, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, nope, that, but anyways. Um, yeah, I think that's a good, I, th I think that's really why you talked about connection and Sam's EQ, like super talented, passionate guy. And you don't find too many people that are passionate with talent and like humbled to, to, you know, be a part of your journey. So I, I think that although there's a, a slight age gap, slight, 
Because, Paul, you and I are pushing our dirty 30 birthdays, probably. <laughs> it's coming Several right. years ago. <laughs> right around the corner uh, on the repeat. Um, I, I think, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think there's, um, you know, like, that's why it's like, uh, when you find people that are good and in their heart and good in their craft and you want to do some cool stuff together, like you bring those people close. I think, uh, you know, traditionally it's called intelligent networking, um, or, you know, collaborating with like-minded people or whatever. So that, that really fills the spot from a, um, a culture perspective as in, in work and in, you know, collaboration and in partnerships, but also like, Hey, if you're, if you're going to start a business, you better really care about the other person because, sure. you know, you're going to, there's going to be hard times. There's going to be great times. And, and I think that's the, you know, biggest misconception about like scaling a business, starting a company, yeah. um, that you got it. You have to think future forward. Like, man, do I want to get up every day and be responsible for this team around me? And then more importantly, um, you know, the, the other few folks, you know, whether, you know, how, why ever you hired he or she, um, do you want to go every day to, to, you know, push that boulder that is culture up the, of the, up the hill. And that was it Pericles that it falls back down. That's probably wrong, but it's just every day. I couldn't so it if it was. Yeah. Well, there you go. We're going to call it Pericles. It's pushing up the boulder every day. And then it oh, comes from, that's the um, dude in God of War, right? God of War. I think I so, mean, yeah. <laughs> I like I like how that's your like historical reference. <laughs> so you know, Mark, something you said that uh, this first of all, kind of um, the the universe aligning. You said it's difficult to find great people, or at least great people that align with you morally, uh, mentally, all that stuff. And so that's been one of my biggest challenges in business. Is um, probably very similar to a lot of your clients, like. A lot of trial and error and trying to work through partnerships. So I've had this vision of fundamentalism and putting out just fire video content and allowing people a little insight into what fundamentalism looks like to me, not dividing it for them, but rather at least showcasing what it could look like in the environment. And I've ran through several videographers, several different marketing teams, and I often found myself very... Um, Lonely, not like physically, but lonely in that I wanted somebody to share with me in the vision, to share with me in the creative process, to share with me in the passion that we have just for um, helping people see that there's more in life. And so enter uh, Mark Josie and Sam Kulikov, because now I feel as though I finally, for the first time, have, I got a team of folks, uh, a team of partners that get it, that are helping amplify the fundamentalism message. And what it took is, first of all, you rolling up your sleeves and understanding more about my business. But second of all, just showcasing that you genuinely care. And that is somewhat difficult to find these days, at least outwardly, because when you start to peel back that onion, if you will, to use that cliche, um, you, you start to find competing priorities or... Um, what truly people are, are wanting to get out of it as a return. And mm -hmm. I could say that I feel like you guys haven't done that to date, but I know how we connected and we're going to talk about that. How did you two connect to form this vision of Social Apex? So I, I think, you know, what everything that you just touched on is super 
you know, important to, <laughs> you got Those hey, of you that aren't watching the YouTube video, Mark just graciously passed the torch or baton to Sam. Here you go. <laughs> well, usually when it's the two of us, we have to like eye contact, like, hey, are you going to take this question or am I taking this? So, you know, basically what you said is roundabout, uh, you know, very, very good to summarize the same thing with Mark and I and our situation in terms of, you know, we... Mark and I, um, you know, we have a lot of similarities as well as, as differences in which what makes us great partners. But one of the main similarities with us is that we choose to work on things that we want to spend our time on, right? So knowing that we have that power of choice, that is one of the greatest priorities and power that we know that we hold as individuals, whether that's spending time with family, spending time with, you know, your friends, spending time on your work. If you don't believe in it and you don't care about it, then no amount of money, no amount of retribution, no amount of, of merchandise or, or, or clout will ever justify the work you're putting in because eventually you'll run out of gas. Um, so with that being said, the same mentality we apply to clients, whereas we only want to work with people we truly believe in and, and work on projects that resonate with us. And when we connected with the Fundamism brand, it really just, it was like, yes, this is, this is a concept that people need to know about, this is a concept that people need to hear, and it's something that is necessary for our society, whether it's Kansas City or beyond. So that was what initially drew us to your brand, and, and much like that with, with Mark, when we connected, it was about a year and a half ago, I think, uh, approximately, and uh, October of 18 or Mark's, set, Mark's anyway. staring in the one right now. I see his brain going. Is I'm not, October... He officially joined in October of 18 or 17. Anyways, it was a long time ago. It was a year. Yeah, yeah it was like, it was, it feels like decades. I'll put it that way. But it's almost been two years. There you go. There it is. So, there she is. you know, when we connected, it was, you know, Social Apex was a completely different animal. It was a totally different company. And Mark was doing his own thing. Uh, you know, he was working with, with some different partners in, in the consulting space and marketing. And we connected via LinkedIn. So some of my previous partners connected with Mark uh, and his partner, and then I connected with some of them. And all in all, what happened was we ended up connecting at a meeting and just having a conversation about what they were doing and with their business, what we were doing. Um, and eventually we just came to this, like, you know, I just had this, like, this, you know, this like thought and I was like, Mark, Mark and, and his partner should just come on over and, and just, and just, just take their talents and bring it in. And I honestly don't know what motivated me to do that in the very beginning, but I think really what it came down to when I think about it now, um, was that Mark and Jeremy, um, were so forthright and just incredibly honest and authentic. And I immediately picked up on that, right? It was just, it was it's so, you know, so prevalent in our conversation that we weren't discussing anything super like de in depth or anything crazy, but I could just tell that these were people that when they said something that they meant it. And, and from then on, I was like, this, we got to make this happen. And, um, you know, Mark, Mark joined on, Jeremy joined on. And since then we've gone through some, you know, lots of changes, personnel changes, mission changes, client changes, um, lots of different ups and downs, different things like that. But, um, you know, whatever stroke of luck it was like, I, we, Mark and I talk about it all the time. Like I'm just super grateful for, for Mark. Um, and it's, it's, it's funny because we don't, we don't really have to say it much because him and I always, always reaffirm each other and let each other know that because, I know as a young man, like 20, you know, 24, whatever, that might not be so young anymore, but at 24 years old, 
to be able to connect with someone like Mark with, with his prowess, but also his emotional intelligence and, um, and vice versa, being able to, you know, help him to, to see some of that more pop culture side or creative side, like that union between our, our skill set is, is really where I see the value of partnership, right? It's just people don't understand the, you know, this is the first time in history when five generations of people work together and it's a lot of competing ideologies, a lot of differences in opinions. And with Mark and I, um, we just share a vision. We just have this, we've just always been on the same page from day one. Um, and I can't say that about a lot of people. So, so many amazing references in there. Um, not to be limited to your union with Mark. Uh, are you guys, hold, are you guys wearing your fundamentalism commitment rings? <laughs> yeah, he I don't like he's like, no, he I <laughs> rookies i just went to the bar I'm yeah sorry. yeah yeah. i'm sorry that was just i left it on the counter i don't sleep with it on it's just the whole thing <laughs> anyway uh so i also caught your lebron reference taking my talents nicely done uh <laughs> me that was i know that you follow the sports ball very much so sam so maybe that wasn't a uh a deliberate reference but one thing that stuck out to me uh was a piece that you referenced regarding transparency and honesty. And uh, I told you guys from the jump on our initial discovery call, like those are things that I value above and beyond just about anything in a personal relationship, right? Is making sure that we level set expectations and we're completely honest, uh, whether that's I can't do what you're asking me to do, or I don't have the money to invest right now, or you didn't really fulfill the vision that I desired, you know, whatever that is, I believe it's important in any partnership to to level set expectations and understand where we all stand and be comfortable having difficult conversations because that's where true relationships and partnerships thrive. And uh, it reminds me of a situation that we all had recently where you you have one party saying, I wasn't thrilled. You have another party saying, I wasn't thrilled. And then a third party says, well, did you tell each other? And you're like, "Mm, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. And I just find so much value in whether it's going to, in your mind, perception is our reality, hinder the relationship or not, uh, always knowing what the, what, what is known and allowing it to be, uh, exercised verbally. So you know where you stand. Um, you, uh, Mark, or somebody that does that very, very well as evidence, not just by the praise that Sam gave you but uh, also in our interactions. And you mentioned, in addition to transparency and honesty, Sam, you referenced that, but Mark, you get strength from being detail-oriented or organized, specifically, you said organization. That's a skill set that I don't have and I struggle with significantly. And a lot of people in the creative space, Sam, folks like you and I, I don't know how you are in this regard, but a lot of creative struggle narrowing the focus and figuring out how to lay out the foundation to move forward. And so when I, when I met you two, um, that's something that really appealed to me, Mark, is that, uh, that, that comfort that you find in the details. Is that something that you've always had and where did it come from? If not? Yeah, I I would say that, um, you know, when I talked about what makes me happy, it's spending time. And if you really want to spend time, you want to be present, right? And so enable to be present, you can't 
have all these things going on in your brain of like, oh, I forgot to send this email or oh, my phone's over here or oh, you know, I didn't prepare for the call tomorrow or, you know, I have all these things to do. Like you can't be present. And, and so I think it comes from, you know, the need to continue developing a system, a trusted system to get things done based on context. Um, early on, I really was into this product. It's more productivity for me, right? Um, so that way, the goal is to be present. When I'm finished, right, air quotes, then I am finished and I can be present in that moment and not have all these other things. And you, and, and mm-hmm. you create beautiful moments and you can, you know, you can see through. I mean, we've all seen when you're staring at your phone or you're, you know, side eye and the, the, the MacBook and you're just like, oh, that's a great story. And then as soon as they're finished, you're like, and you're like that, like what kind of genuine connection are you going to be making? Right. And so I use this David Allen. Uh, it's it's a morph version, but it's David Allen getting things done, uh, and it's all about context, right? So, you know, you either have past projects, delegate it, throw it away, um, defer it for later, all these different things. But it allows me um, to really to really hone in. And then in my past life uh, from corporate America, you know, whether it was you know managing five states for sales, marketing operations with all these different you know stakeholders and vested interests and things that you needed to do, or uh, my most recent which is like, you know, dealing with brand and strategic partnerships, which are a whole different, you know, there's just so many things and you can't be disorganized. You can't be ill-prepared and there's only so much finite time in the day, right? So you really have to come up with whatever your trusted system is to be able to, one, connect to people, um, you know, talk to them, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, so, so I think for me, it just comes from a little bit of experience and a little bit of like, I have to create that so that when I'm with somebody, I can be genuinely with them and like connect in a very true, you know, true way. So, so I want to talk to you about uh, the journey that you just referenced. So the corporate America and kind of throwing all that away and deciding that you're going to throw your energy at a little bit of entrepreneurship or consulting. Um, and then Sam, we're going to get to you and a little bit of your background, but just so you guys as the Fundamism Podcast listeners are fully aware, every bit of content that you've seen me drop over the course of the last three months has been directly touched or influenced by Social Apex Media, whether it's uh, the production of a podcast video, a little clip, um, or some of the fire videos that you guys are seeing, they're direct creations from this partnership that we have with the Social Apex. And so I'm so proud for the first time in the fundamism uh, realm or the fundamism existence that I finally have a partner that can take all these ideas that I've had in my brain for years and years and years and actually create a story that has continuity and uh, a brand that is represented not just by one piece of media, but in everything that comes out. So people see that it's not just 17 different things going on. It's all congruent. It all runs parallel with one another with the ultimate desired outcome being to help individuals identify more with what gives them strength as opposed to the things that don't. So uh, Mark, you were in corporate America like me. Our journeys run very similarly or, or, or run almost parallel to one another in that you were, uh, you were getting paid a, a, a king's ransom <laughs> to, to do or follow through on somebody else's, aka corporate America's vision, and you threw it all away. What, uh, what drove that decision? I think it's the cliche, grass is not greener on the other side, right? Never heard like, of it. 
I know it's it's a new thing. I would also say, <laughs> as part of Social Apex, did everything. Every time Paul is working out, it's actually me. We just photoshopped his head on there, <laughs> particularly like the gun show. You'll notice his left arm is slight. Yep, there you go. That one. You can tell that's not the one he shows all the time. That's fine. <laughs> Power of magic, right? Like, that's right. I thought I'd bring a little levity, right, to the fundamental thing before it was just like, corporate corporate America got you down. Are you feeling downtrodden? Are you worried about murder? Hey, speaking of which, have I told you guys about my book? I have a book. Did you guys know I have a book? Uh, can you tell me a little bit more? I also, I also have a podcast. Did you guys know I have a podcast? <laughs> I'm not really sure. Let's talk about a workbook. Let's talk Dude, what I love about what I love about all the fundamentalism swag that you have is it serves as the perfect paperweight on your desk. So if indeed you're ever asked about it on a podcast, it's readily accessible. <laughs> well, to be fair, I flipped through it and I read it. And like, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we don't like. It's not like we don't know it. You're like, you know, that's a great question, Peter. And you're like, it's Paul. And I'm like, and, you know, fundamentalism's amazing. Like, of course we know what you do. Oh my gosh. It's like it says on page 72. What does it say? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's right. Oh my anyway, so you, the grass isn't the greener. Line. You threw it all away. Why? Uh, you, you know, I, I think a couple of things. Um, one, I realized that uh, it's bandwidth and runway, right? So, so you continue to scale up in my journey. I started as a sales rep and then it was a you know, store manager, district manager, associate director, director, VP, national director, jazz for different things, you know, going all over the place. No, what I'm saying is that's what you do. No, no, it's fine. But that's what you do. Right. And it's very, and and that's a little bit of like um, the generational gap, right? Like that Sam was talking about, because, you know, my parents would have, would have been from the era of like, Hey, you get the watch and you retire and you do all that good stuff. And then ours was a little bit like, Hey, that that's probably true true, but you're going to have to do all these moves, right? Like, so I, you know, I, I've lived in Kansas City now for, I think, seven years, and it's the longest that I've, in my adult life, it's the longest I've ever lived somewhere. And so along those times, as like, uh, from a business perspective, I'm like, I'm learning a ton, like I'm learning a lot about culture, I'm empowering my teams, I realized very early on that like, hey, it's not me, it's them, which is a great aha moment. And if you can really believe that early on, and, you know, mm-hmm. maximize strategies and tactics based on empowering your people and driving a great culture, that's fantastic, right? And so then I kept getting promoted, and my teams kept doing awesome, and they kept getting promoted, and I move all around, and then you get your MBA, and then you're reporting to the president, and then you go, whoa, like, is this, is this like, when I'm 70, will this matter? When I'm walking my daughter down the aisle or, you know, or showing up with her significant other or at their whatever, you know, when, when she chooses a, a life moment, will I be sad about the time that I didn't spend with her? Hmm. When, you know, my wife and I are older, will we have more I wished we would have versus like can't so glad we have? And that really started hitting home as like I was traveling a lot. I was being gone and you start realizing and all those times my daughter was much younger. And so it's just about life experience to go like, hey, that that's not what I want to do. So I was very fortunate. Um, it's not easy to start a business. You definitely have to have, you know, some savings and a good plan, right? Like, you know, and, and making sure that like, you know, you got to test the waters to make sure like, is this a viable product? Is there 
Um, is there a need for it? Can you, can you create value for people? Like what will it cost to get? And then, you know, all the jazz, right? Like, you know, how do you acquire? How do you keep? What is it going to cost? You know, how much, how much do you need to get from A to B? You know, what kind of milestones and stuff? And, and for me, I finally realized that it wasn't worth the risk, um, of, being 70 and not being fulfilled and understanding that it's not about like the biggest house, the biggest car and all that good stuff. You know, the 75 inch curved TV or whatever, like that's not going to matter when you're 70. It's just Wait, not. You're not 70. No, I'm very close. That's how I know it's not going to matter. <laughs> I know it takes, it takes years to grow a beard that magnificent. You would be, you would be surprised what Ben and Jerry's and Chipotle combo can do for your facial hair. <laughs> It's practically beard fertilizer. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. I mean, you just have to take well, care of it, man. Dude, I admire your willingness to uh, to really, first of all, take a step back and weigh out the priorities. You know, for the Fundamism Podcast listeners, I'm certain that you guys have heard a theme for entrepreneurs that have been on the podcast. There was always a definitive moment in their life where they had something and they realized that it wasn't enough. And that wasn't enough wasn't driven monetarily. And, uh, you know, that's a trap that we convince ourselves of is that, well, I'm making too much money, so I can't make the, the change or, you know, there's too much risk and I got to provide for the family or whatever it may be. Now, Mark just hit on, you know, something very important. You can't just, you can't just say, all right, no, I'm going to make this choice. I'm going to make a decision. And I'm, I'm, I'm switching gears. You have to think intelligently about a plan. And at times that does take a little bit of money. But I also think that sometimes, uh, the idea of needing money can inhibit your willingness to make a move. And so don't ever let money be the driving force as to why you do or don't do something. Because if you have a good idea and a good plan, typically people will buy or invest in said good idea or plan. So I admire you, Mark, for making that that change. I know that you went into consulting and you leveraged your, your corporate experience to help uh, individuals, both uh, small, medium, and, and large size businesses grow accordingly. Uh, led you down the path to Sam. Sam, uh, you're a creative, uh, born and raised as such. What's your background? Uh, how did you get into this social apex space? Well, so social apex, um, believe it or not, I started it with um, with my one of our previous partners uh, three uh, three and a half years ago. So, or yeah, no, sorry. Two and a half years. Here we go ago, with the years again. Gosh, this sorry. Year. I know it's well. It all blends together, but ultimately, <laughs> that's what, that's so, the role that you serve, dude. You're the detail guy. <laughs> sorry, Sam. So, really, basically, the you know, for for me, I, um, you know, I started in, in high school. You know, I'm I'm not going to do a do a too in depth, but it's important. I think it provides context um, for where I've gotten, but. Um, you know, just growing up, I, I had a really different childhood. My parents really gave me access and, and the ability to to create and to, to figure out who I was um, and, and to empower me to make choices about myself that, you know, whether they were right or wrong, they empowered me to make those choices. Um, and I'll tell you that high school and middle school and those, those times in my life were very challenging. And, um, I've definitely felt a lot of, of anxiety and tension from not fitting in and, and just not finding my crowd and not feeling like I'm good enough, not tall enough, not smart enough, not funny enough. Um, whatever it might be, I just always was beating myself up. But I, but I also knew that, 
um, that there was something that, that I had to do that I did know that I had this purpose. Right. So I never gave up. I just, I felt like there was just a lot of struggle as, as a young person for me, because I knew that I didn't want to be like everyone else, but I also knew that to be liked I, at that age that I did need to conform. So it was a very challenging time, but out of that, um, as a young adult, 17, 18, um, I, I lost, uh, you know, 18 years old, 19 years old, I lost a friend of mine to suicide and that kind of really changed everything for me. Um, she, uh, she was 16 when she passed away and, and from there kind of started my journey into the nonprofit realm. And I, I launched my first nonprofit at 18 with a friend of mine uh, in honor of her. And from there went on to branch off and create another nonprofit. And that's really where I stuck stuck in my heels for 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 many years from you know eighteen through college. Um, I had some gigs here and there working uh, in marketing uh, for Warner Music Group and some local radio stations, as well as doing branding. But uh, most of it was strategic at a high level, writing and those types of things. No video, no creative, really, just high level brand development and and just creative you know, curation, right? So it was always a passion of mine, this creativity and just culture and music. And I started producing music in college and just dabbling in everything and just trying to taste as much as I possibly could, because I knew that that was my way towards the light. Um, and so right as I was coming out of school, uh, at, at the top of 18, I realized that, okay, I'm going into the real world. I have two choices. I can go get a job or I can do something on my own. And after going on some interviews with some agencies, and I knew I wanted to do marketing, but you know, I was I was not having as much luck with them. I was starting to ideate. I was like, maybe I should do my own thing. Maybe that sounds good. And um, and then from there, once I realized, I was like, I'm going to all these interviews to get a thirty thousand dollar a year job when I could easily make just enough to stay alive and, and to, and to pay, you know, my bills and my food, you know, and to pay for my food. And like, I was like, do I, would I rather do, which one would I rather do? Right. And I don't necessarily know exactly what prompted me to make that choice, but in March of, of 18, I, I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm doing my own thing. And, and with my, my partner at the time, we, we started social apex and just started on a run and, there was just a lot of different things. I won't bore you with all the you know beginnings of the business and the clients and stuff, but it was it was a crazy process of just building and figuring out how to start an LLC, a bank account, da 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 da, and just going throwing yourself all the way into it. And then from there, we attracted lots of younger younger folks, young talent, and and we started to grow rapidly. And we were like, whoa, this is crazy. And so within the first year of the business, I still hadn't picked up a camera yet. And, um, so from there, you know, through a turn of events and just meeting new people and, and I was like, man, there's just so much in my head that I need to get out and I can't do it with just a piece of paper and a conversation. I just can't. Uh, and so then I, I literally, I, I kid you not, Mark will attest to this. I was like, I need to get a camera. And Mark was like, well, wait a second, maybe like, wait, like maybe the business will pay for it like in a month or two. Like, and I was like, no. And I literally just bought it off of like, I had no money. And I just was like, I was like, bought, you know, three grand just gone. And I, and I don't know what prompted me to make that choice yet again, to take these risks based on passion. And, and from there, it just, everything started to make sense. Like just picking up that camera, not only learning how to shoot video, but it opened my eyes to like, what is real communication? What is genuine storytelling? What is real, you know, real authentic content? Like, what does that mean? 
And so from there, I started to truly understand and grasp the potential uh, behind content, behind creativity, behind, you know, I started to realize like, this is what Da Vinci was talking about. This is what Rembrandt and Caravaggio and all these people that were just like in their bag, right? Like they were just going crazy. And it's like, these men were 80, 90 years old painting cistern chapels. And you're like, what? For what? And it's to tell a story, it's to communicate. And once I unlocked that, I realized that so much around life is about genuine communication, authenticity, honesty. And to this day, so many people in my past life, current life, and people that I don't know come to me and ask me, how did you find what you love? Like, how did you do that? And I'm like, man, that's, that's, a, that's a loaded question. But really what it comes down to is the person you were when you were five, six, seven years old and what you wanted to do and who you wanted to be, that's who you serve as an adult. Finding ways to deploy the things that you loved then is for me was the key to my success and my growth. It's just, how do I get back to that? Facts. He just talked about getting back to that childlike spirit, the things that you had and defined as fun and that you were passionate about uh, growing up and how do you make a living out of that as you continue to grow? Uh, you know, it was George Bernard Shaw who said that we, we, don't, uh, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing, right? It is possible to find something that you love and make money at it. Um, now, it doesn't come easy. It doesn't come without sacrifice. But uh, I love the Deontay Wilder quote. You just, you just, you just said, uh, to this day, to this day. Now, anytime ever uh, somebody asks you, Sam, tell me about how you found your passion and you make money doing it, you could always say, well, I'm going to need you to go to the Fundamism podcast, <laughs> whatever it may be. Where, you don't, even have, you don't even have to say it anymore. So, I know. You're like, but, uh, so, Mark, I'm going to give you the stage because something that Sam said here uh, is significant in the social apex uh, media partnerships that you guys are. Uh, are blessed in your ability to create uh, and your ability to actually uh, mirror the things that Sam just talked about, authenticity, honesty, transparency, all that stuff. Brand development was uh, the phrase that you used. And so one thing that I want to be explicitly clear, for years, I have hired videographers, videographers that were, that were, that were good, they were, that possibly even great at doing what they do, but they were never business people. They were never, um, they were never, they were never experts in brand development. And so at the time, what I would do to grow my brand is I would think cost because I'm early on in my process. I don't have a lot of revenue. I'm basically purchasing things on credit cards. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to pay an hourly rate or a project rate for somebody or something to, to fulfill a desired outcome of this project for me. And as a result, um, I, I put out some content, but I, was always, I wasn't always in love with said content. Last year, did an event, Chicken and Pickle, Volley Llama, uh, benefiting Noah's Bandage Project. Those of you guys know me know that I am a strong advocate of Noah's Bandage Project and the difference that Noah Wilson uh, made on me. And coincidentally, by the time this airs, um, it will be a little bit past it. But yesterday, um, 
June 30th was actually the five-year anniversary of Noah's passing. So interesting that I'm talking to you gentlemen today because that's actually the first time that I had the opportunity to connect with you. You guys did some filming uh, through a third party for Volley Lama. Now, fast forward, never talked to you after that, but all of a sudden we're in a boardroom at Dimensional Innovations because now Valley Lama KC is going to the next level through Chase McAnulty and Charlie Hustle and the KC Hart Foundation. Um, now we're doing all kinds of stuff, the Kansas City Golf Classic and uh, the Wiffle at the Hollow. And who does Chase and, uh, and this particular team uh, identify as the expert group to help uh, brand development and take these causes to the next level, but social apex media. So the universe and the stars are now aligning. One thing that you guys have helped me do is I gave you my brand standards. I gave you my brand guidelines. You guys, you took in the understanding and the meaning of fundamentalism. You took in my brand guidelines, and then you created as a result of that. Not just, not just videography, but images. For those of you that have ever seen the Fox 4 stuff or whatever, maybe Sam did all of those images. Um, Mark has been behind the scenes working with me on my ideas and narrowing my focus because Newsflash, I'm kind of all over the place in terms of what I want to do and, and how I'm doing it. So when we talk about brand development, how do you guys, Mark, help amplify a message? How do you help amplify a brand and create awareness around it with your clients? Really, it starts with understanding, right? A lot of discovery. Um, like, what? who are you? What are you about? How does your product help? What are you looking to gain? What are your goals? Um, you know, how, how have you previously communicated? So I won't go through all the list of the, here's the discovery questions we use. But it's really understanding. It's It's really about you know, if you can't be your authentic self till you know how you're reflected and how your customers engage probably is a good, good way to think about it. Um, and for us, like it's it, it, marketing is about storytelling, right? Like marketing is a lot of things that people attribute to marketing. Yeah, it's simple, but not easy, right? Like it is simple to say, Hey, just put your brand out there, put your product out there, put your message out there. We all have access to the most powerful device known to man, right? Your iPhone. Of course I can do it. Everybody's a, you know, an influencer. Everybody's a social media guru. Everyone's like, you know, no, right? Like really we approach it as a, a couple of different things. We know that you know, it's what we do is contextual marketing, right? So the modern consumer, which is what we do, we connect you to the modern consumer. The modern consumer wants what they want, when they want, how they want it. So your job, our job is to find out from you, what is that journey? And how can we create a message and a narrative around these different touch points to make something happen, right? Whether it's like engage with your content, buy your service, sign up, whatever that is, right? And so for us, um, we have to know so much about you and, and, and then also we put so much in the, the, the beginning of our conversation. So that way we know a good fit, right? So if your needs come out to be like, primarily I need a website, like not us, like don't like, that's not, that's not what we do. So we you wouldn't do outsource it. I mean, no, we do not. So we could, and, and we're very transparent about that. We don't go out and say, yes, we can do it. And then, you know, go find somebody on Fiverr because that's stupid, you know, and then we don't go white label people because that's not. Uh, and white labeling is a term where you hire somebody else, but don't yeah. tell the client you hired them, right? Just maybe that. for your listeners that didn't know. Uh, 
we don't do that either, right? Because that's that's not who we are. That's not authentic. That's not transparent. Like you're you can't uh, punch above your weight class with that, and that's a terrible experience for the client, and it's disingenuous. So, you know, more power to people that are doing those other two things. I don't think that's the marketing agency of the future. I think it's folks that are really good at doing a few things, working together to do something really great for their 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 client and their um, customers or are their clients, right? Um, and it always boils down to, you know, value, um, authenticity. Those are the things that convert, right? So a, a traditional marketing thing is like content, um, you know, um, it, like it, it, you go down this funnel and, and it's like, okay, we need to put out content. It needs to be visible. It needs to convert. You know, if it's just not real, people will scroll past it. If it's not consistent, it doesn't matter. If you don't have a plan, it's probably a waste of your time. You know what I mean? So like there's a few things we're great at and like everything else, um, you know, a lot of other stuff we're okay. We, we don't come in like with the okay. Go find somebody else to do the our okay stuff great. Um, and I think we're very transparent about that. And, and I think that, um, you know, we, we also have a really vested interest in, um, you know, our client's success because we don't think of it as a client. We think of it like you won't see ads running for us. You won't see like, you know, things to sign up for, you know, like a, a free 20 minute discovery session or whatever, how, how we do it. And, and this is why I think, you, you know, folks should think really about, you know, who they're hiring for any kind of thing, because if you hire the right person that aligns with your vision and your mission, and you feel really good in terms of trusting that they're capable. Like for us, we have testimonials, we have case studies, we have book of business, whatever. So that's real. Um, and you get all past that, you as a customer of ours are going to get that additional discretionary effort. So we're going to spend more time like doing stuff because it represents you the right way because we feel great about it. Do you know what I mean? Versus like, oh, like, uh, that's it. We're cutting him off at four hours on this little post, you know, like that, like that's not what it is. It's not cookie cutter. It's not whatever. And, and I think, um, you know, to, to really end the marketing meandering of the 21st century, I would say that, um, it's, it's not cookie cutter and it's not do it yourself for everything. There's a mixture of do some things yourself and have other people that are really good at doing the things that you can't and it's worth it in the long run. Well, I think ultimately, um, the one thing that I'm really working hard on in these podcasts as of late and something that I haven't always been great at is making sure that the Fundamism podcast listener base actually walks away with something tangible, tactical that they can actually think and potentially implore. So before I, before I pose that question to you, I want you guys to think about, you know, what, what guidance or what things potentially could individuals do to help amplify their message, things that are within their control right now. But as you guys are listening, um, I, I want you to take away a couple of things from my experience on today's podcast. So first of all, my intent behind adding uh, or asking uh, Mark and Sam to be on the Fundamism podcast was to showcase a, a very crucial and critical time in my life, one that you guys could all relate to. And so while our paths connected authentically and uh, in a genuine nature in that boardroom at Dimensional Innovations, our connection came right at the forefront of uh, the coronavirus. And so ultimately what ended up happening is everything that we discussed in that room and how we could amplify the Kansas City Heart Foundation and uh, all of these charities was for not. I mean, we, we basically didn't move forward on a lot of the stuff as a result of 
uh, society shutting down ultimately. And so it, it doesn't come without uh, optimism moving forward that we're going to pursue and do more together. But all of that time together, it didn't necessarily create the outcome that we were looking for. However, what it did create is what you're experiencing right now in your ear holes. And that's this relationship and moving the fundamentalism brand forward. And so when I said, um, when I said I've worked with a lot of videographers, what I never had worked with before was an actual marketing team, uh, an individual that understood the importance of continuity and messaging. And that meant that um, maybe just maybe I had to rethink my spend. And so when we connected, I know that you guys recall this because we were all on the phone. Uh, my revenue had just been completely taken from me. No more live events. I don't know what's going on. I'm intrigued by your work. And so we had this, this discovery call. And Mark, you do a very effective job of asking all the right questions and creating a discovery environment, which I believe is one of the most crucial elements of any relationship and moving any business forward is creating an opportunity for self-discovery. You did all the right things. And I walked away thinking, gosh, damn it, I want to work with these guys, but I'm scared to death about spending money right now because I don't know when I'm going to make any again. And you came back with a, a proposal, a modest proposal that had three different options, none of which worked within my budget because I was just, again, fearful. Um, you decided to work with me nevertheless, and uh, we came to an agreed upon rate that worked for all parties. Mind you, I still believe that I am underpaying you for the value that you uh, provide me on a regular basis. And that will come back around, I promise you, if you, if you continue to roll with me. But what I loved about the, the conversation is I was transparent with you and saying, listen, I understand your value. I understand what you do. Um, I, I can't invest right now because I don't know what the future holds. And you reiterated the importance of right now is not the time to turn away from your business strategy and hunker down, but rather really invest in yourself and move forward. And you gave me the courage and the confidence to figure out what that looked like for me and ultimately invest in myself. And as a result, guys, I know that some of you would not be listening to this voice right now on this podcast if it wasn't for Social Apex Media. So earlier, Sam said that uh, we don't have to tell each other. I don't have to tell Mark how awesome he is because he just... Well, I think it's important that everybody understands how awesome they are. And the one thing that we never get in this world enough of is appreciation. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you to you two gentlemen for being on the Fundamism podcast and also helping me amplify the Fundamism uh, brand because I'm certain that people will ultimately uh, find a little more joy as a result of the work that we're doing together. Thank you for the, for the sentiment. And, uh, and I want to just add really quickly to say thank you to, to our team. Uh, Mark and I are not doing this all by ourselves. There are there are people that, <laughs> yeah. Even though the illusion might might seem, but there are there are some people um, that have been day one down to to really just help us create something different um, and to truly differentiate and build something unique here in Kansas City. And we're we're I, I speak for Mark and I when I say we're so grateful for for the people that work with us, um, that have worked with us and that will work with us in the future. We're, we're just super grateful for you. 
Well, there's a reason why I'm wearing Bob Ross on my shirt today. Uh, it's because we're painting happy little trees. We're creating not just memories, uh, but the future of many businesses here and partnerships as a result of uh, authenticity and uh, showing a genuine interest in others and creating the environment of self-discovery. So as we wrap this thing up, Mark, I've given you ample time to come up with one or two tactical things that uh, individuals can do right now to amplify their brand, amplify their message. What might you say to a young or uh, tenured or very experienced individual in moving their brand forward? Consistency. I think you um, can't expect for your first post or your first blog or your first anything to be fantastic, but keep doing it. You might have one reader, you might have one person viewing your stream, shout out esports, but like keep grinding, keep putting stuff out there as long as there's value and you feel connected um, to what you're writing, then like there's an appetite for it. So Rome wasn't built in a day, stay consistent and try to try to add value. There you go. You could also roam if you want to, like the B-52s once said, uh, but it was also not built in one day. And Sam has no idea what I'm talking about right now. Here we come, full circle, pop culture references. Hey, Sam, if we've created enough intrigue for folks to want to learn more about Social Apex Media, where do they go? Well, that's a great question, Paul. I would have to direct them to our website at socialapexmedia.com, elegantly designed by Mr. Mark Josie himself. Uh, he doesn't do websites. It's, it's, well, he's modest. You'll, he's see, modest. you'll soon see why. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's modest, but you can also find us on all social medias or Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, just look up Social Apex and you'll find us. Um, and I just wanted to tack on to the end that one of the main uh, one of the main takeaways that I've that I've noticed in the last few years, when it comes to social media, that I'd like to you know impart on the Fundamism fam is to think of your content and to think of your social media presence as individual words and and, and as opposed to sentences. So when you're posting, it's one single word. So figuring out how everything fits together, like Paul said, is very difficult. When you start to look at things as single words or single emotions as opposed to full statements, you'll start to see a difference with how you create because you can't, to Mark's point, and one post say everything you want to say. So figure out a strategy and look at things as, as broken up pieces of that puzzle. So expand upon that a little bit when you talk about these individual words. How does that manifest itself in a singular post? So give me an example of what you're referencing. So for example, you know, people think that when they post a video, they believe that they're putting out this huge statement, which, which you are, right? You, th- you think you're putting out this banger vid and you think that everyone's going to be like, oh, Social Apex is a connection to the modern consumer and they also do really well with videography and they also do branded, like people don't c- connect like that. That's not how people receive information. So instead of thinking of that video as one sentence, you think of it as one word. And so then that helps you understand what needs to come before it, what needs to come after it, and what you need to close that thought. Because when you start your content creation that way, then you realize that there is continuity throughout. Context. You see what just happened? You see how magnificent that just was? Like, that's my word over the course of the last couple of days that I've just latched onto. But goodness gracious, Sam, you just sounded like, listen, standing room only here. That's for you, dude. This is for you guys. Listen, 
as always, we greatly appreciate the Fundamism podcast listener base. We could not do this without you. Uh, thank you for ingesting the media uh, that Social Apex is helping to create. Um, go out and create some fun in your life today. If I had to identify one word that I hope encapsulates every single post, and I know that sometimes it varies, uh, the real purpose of what we're trying to do is fun. Reveal the opportunity that you have to have a little more fun. So go out and have some fun today and ultimately create some fun in the lives of others. And until we see you on the flip side, deuces! Thank <laughs> you.